boom happy monday just like that here we are wow time's really flying you believe it's like it's it's the end of february like it's february 24th right like how did that happen spring's gonna be here before you know it i don't want to jinx anything hey everybody welcome to the show as always i'm your host david burroughs great to have you here joining today and happy monday yeah i always say it happy monday why isn't it a happy monday I know some people don't like Mondays because you're like, oh, I got to go back to work. I don't want to go back to work. Yeah, you, it's it's Monday. And I, I like Mondays. I say it all the time. I know I repeat. My, somebody said, why do you say the same thing all the time? Because I, I don't know. I mean it. <laughs> Happy Monday. We get to talk to some great people every Monday. Speaking of talking with great people, I'll tell you earlier today, uh, Stephen Healy and myself do our, our international show, Broadcasting to Your Community. Uh, he's in, in device. I, I can never say it right. I'm sorry, Stephen. He's in England. <laughs> he's in the United Kingdom. And we do our show every Monday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern. And today we were joined by uh, Ed, who gave us a little demonstration of PowerPoint. And our friend Fonz Chamberlain joined us. Yes, I know the Fonz. Not the Fonz you're thinking of, the other Fonz. But uh, Fonz was there. And we were talking about some interesting stuff. Um, and, uh, a group over in Cambridge that's, uh, uh, well, they're all about the climate change, but they're doing, they're, they're taking a wrong approach. Anyway, go watch it. It's on uh, the Facebook page and, uh, we had a lot of fun though. And my dad jokes, I have my dad jokes. I've never done it here. I should, I should talk. So my daughter gave me a calendar. Where is it? I have it here somewhere. A calendar for Christmas. And these are all dad jokes, or what I like to say, bad dad jokes. <laughs> so I, I read them every week. Look at me, I'm getting all disorganized here. I save them, though, because I'm going to give them back to her someday. Anyway, let's put that over there. Um, so I, I didn't read today's. I, I went through a whole bunch from last week, but I didn't read today's. So you get the bad dad joke. On the show. Are you ready? Don't throw anything. Put your tomatoes away. Have you heard about corduroy pillows? They're making headlines. <laughs> Somebody said to me the other day, they're like, David, you're so silly. I have so much fun doing what I do, and I tell you, I'm 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 I've been sitting back and looking over things and going, wow, this is pretty cool being able to do that and stuff. And uh, it's uh, thanks to so many of you who've been watching and supporting the show and um, having a good time. If you're out there, please take the time to say hello in the comments. Uh, let us know where you're watching from, who you are. Just say hello, and uh, wherever you're watching from, in order for me to see your comments. You have to be watching from the show with David Burroughs page. So there's a link in the description above my, this is my horns, above my horns. Um, make sure you're watching from there because we are simulcast on the talk show network, the video show network, the radio show network, uh, the live video hub, uh, Be Live in 5, Brigetti Live. So we're in South Africa, Ireland, United Kingdom, all throughout the United States. Like, so thank you to all of our uh, Facebook hub friends for doing that but take a moment say hello in the comments and i'll uh, i'll be sure to say hello back to you as well got uh, some great things to talk about we got the federal bridge corporation is going to be talking to us today 
And then um, we've also got our friend Troy Chance from the Sarnia Journal, who's nominated for an award. Uh, we're going to be talking to him as well. But first, boy, it's more than a game for sure for the Sarnia Sting. What an, uh, a roller coaster of a year. That's, I've said it a few times, but it really has been. Uh, an emotional one, too. They talked to some of the players, you know, uh, throughout the year, and it's certainly been an emotional one. And, you know, we, we often talk about the players and their game or their, their not-so-good game. Um, let's talk about the coaches and the coaching staff behind the scene for a minute. You know, they do a lot of stuff, and they don't get a lot of credit or whatever. There's a lot of emotion and frustration going on there, too. Uh, we've we've uh, had the privilege of talking to Darian Hatcher a few times from the Sarnia Sting, and you know he expressed his frustration, and I guess rightfully so, right? Um, so we appreciate the the efforts of the Sarnia Sting, and if you're a Sting fan, you know it's been a struggle, uh, and there's a lot a lot going on with the Sarnia Sting. There's Ed Weinberg. He says hello from Florida. Oh boy, I can't imagine what the weather's like in Florida. It has it's not bad here, you know. Like uh, it was eight degrees yesterday and for, for the time of year where I live in Sarnia, Ontario, that's warm, believe it or not. So Ed, thanks so much for uh, stopping by and thanks for your uh, stopping by on the show earlier. And there's John Upton, Mr. Upton. How are thee? Thank you. Don't see you too often, John. It must be past your bedtime where you're at. It's got to be uh, about 8.30 your time. It's got to be getting close to your time. Stephen's probably in bed for sure. So the Sarnia Sting, more than a game, and uh, but lately, coming out on top. This is your Sarnia Sting recap brought to you by Oswald's Diner and Active Ears. We thank them for their support of the show. Um, boy, oh boy, look at that. Four to two against the Sioux Greyhounds just uh, yesterday, Sunday, if you're watching live. And before that, six to four win over the... Windsor Spitfires and uh, both of these teams giving the Sting a hard time in past days and uh, coming off some tough losses there previously uh, they're going to play the Flint Firebirds again coming up this Wednesday uh, February 20 the 6th and last time they met Flint was pretty rough so they'll be looking for some payback uh, pretty rough is like it was a football game it was like 12 to 7 was the final score not in favor of the Sarnia Sting. So they'll definitely be looking for some payback, but it's good to see. It looks like they're getting a little back on track there with the wins. Is it too late for the playoffs? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. I'll be live uh, from the Progressive Auto Sales Arena as always. And this week, my friend Jake Chersky will join me to talk about what's happening with the Sarnia Sting. And hopefully we can come out, uh, or they can come out on top. It's nice to still see the fans coming out and giving support to this thing. It's tough when you're when you're you're having a rough year, but Sarnia Sting seem to be back on track. So once again, your Sarnia Sting recap from Oswald's Diner and Active Ears. Um, what are we looking at? Miss the what's Ed saying here? Going to seventy nine today. So that's like, uh, what's that like? Twenty degrees Celsius, something like that. Eighteen. Okay, it's getting there. That's good. Kelly missed the noon show. Good, good thing for replace. Oh yes, yes. Well, Kelly, um, we had a really great show. Um, so you missed it live, that's for sure. We had a lot of fun. We always have a good show, but we had some Ed Ed uh, Weinberg Weinberg. I hope I said that right. Uh, showed up, and Fonz was on there joining us, and he had lots to say about certain things. So it's uh, it was a good show. It's poor Stephen Healy. I showed up late to get. Uh, get him off on the wrong foot. I was working away and lost track of the time. And I was like, oh crap, I got to get on the air with Steven. He started without me. So that's okay. 
Uh, and then technical things weren't working and the font showed up and anyway, it was, it was quite a show. Uh, speaking of shows, um, and before I talk about this, I should have put the pictures on. We had a great time at McCarthy's South Side here doing karaoke. I don't do karaoke that often, but what I do, it is a good time. It was good to be down there. And some uh, great people came out to, to have a lot of fun. It's over on, I have another page called Karaoke Live. If you want to check that out, uh, you'll see the pictures there of the fun we were having. Uh, karaoke is always fun. Even if you don't sing and you just clap, it's, it's always interesting times. And uh, some of our friends from... Uh, uh, Beer Store Money came out. Melissa and Chris came out to uh, support us as well. So we appreciated them. Oh, 26 degrees. Is that what 79 is? Okay. Oh, well, that's pretty good. I can handle that. Uh, down at the blue line, Beer Store Money uh, regularly, uh, or, well, at least part of the band, Chris and Melissa, and, and they're always down there running the open mic. Starts early on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. It usually runs like 7. It's supposed to go 7 to 10, but I can tell you, it often goes past 10 o'clock because they're having so much fun. They're, it's really uh, building a crowd down there. I'm torn because I, I go to Twisted Arm for trivia, and then some nights I go to, to Tuesday's my Friday, so sometimes I go down to the blue line. I think I'm going to get down to the blue line this week, though, and uh, see some more of that. So if you're in Sarnia and you play an instrument, harmonica, wherever that is, bringing it out to the blue line, downtown Sarnia on Front Street, starts at 7 o'clock, and they've always got some great specials on there as well, too. Matilda, you've heard me talk about this every week, but I really want to help them sell some tickets. They're doing pretty good, but there's still time to get some tickets for Matilda. The St. Patrick's Secondary School Drama Group is going to be putting that on at the Imperial Theater. You can go to imperialtheater.net. And uh, a few weeks ago, we had some of the characters and some behind-the-scenes folks uh, putting together the production of Matilda. It was some great interviews with some young folks and some very, very talented young folks as well. So imperialtheater.net, the place to go and get your tickets for that. And the past delicious. Oh, I'm getting hungry already. Coming up Friday the 28th in support of the Kidney Foundation. Uh, there'll be two seatings, 1130 to 1230. It's $15 at the Donny Club here in Sarnia. These delicious. Uh, local groups are going to be uh, bringing in their pasta dishes and serving it up, and uh, it's all for a great cause, of course, the Kidney Foundation, and uh, I've got it in my calendar. Elaine sent that to me. I'm pretty sure I got that in my calendar. Where is it? Yep, there you go. That's coming up this week. I'm going to have to get in there. I'll be there at the 1231, so save me a spot. Uh, again, Past Delicious, the Donny Club here in Cernia. One Good Shift. Now, this was a pretty awesome interview a few weeks ago, or last week, rather. Uh, Sean Pete, who's formal, uh, former former professional hockey player, um, is coming to Sarnia. And he's going to talk about how One Good Shift can make a difference. Now, if you've seen motivational speakers or positive talkers or whatever you want to say, you want to say, oh, another one of those. Listen. Uh, the interview I did with Sean was amazing. I could have done two hours or more with this gentleman. He's amazing and an amazing story. Now, he's not here to come and talk about hockey or NASCAR because he went from professional hockey to Canada's first NASCAR pit coach. Yeah, how did that happen? It's quite a story. What he talks about is our perspective on failure and how one good shift can really make a difference. And he wants to inspire you and he will inspire you. I've seen a lot of motivational speakers and just having this conversation, he's an amazing individual and you don't want to miss it. And it's supporting the St. Clair child and 
Youth Center here in St. Clair Child and Youth Services and part of their Face Off for Mental Health program as well. Tickets are on sale. It's March 5th, again, at the Imperial Theater. And if you can make it out to see him, wow, uh, just do it. I know I promote a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of good stuff. I'm telling you, you will miss something incredible if you don't do that. So, Kelly and everybody else watching, go out and get your tickets for this. March the 5th, again, supporting St. Clair Child and Youth Services. And, Sean, I'm looking forward to meeting you at that. Let's go back over to our comments. Uh, it says, don't you use metric in Canada? Oh, yeah, we use metric in Canada. Doesn't mean that I'm good at math. <laughs> So uh, I just took a guess. I, I, I'll tell you, when I saw, um, when he said 79, I had a picture in my head of our thermometer in our swimming pool when I was a teenager, and I was trying to picture where that would be. So, But I, I sucked at math. So thanks for straightening me out there, Ed. And uh, our friend Dom is saying hello as well. Rock for Dimes coming up. We'll be talking about that as well too, Dom. Uh, probably next week we'll get into that a little bit more, but that's coming up to Brownstones again, the Rock for Dimes in support of March of Dimes. So one good shift, yes, get your tickets for that. Uh, United Way, our friend Dave Brown joins us once a month, and he gave us some update. They, they seem to be uh, getting some more donations, but they've got to keep going all year. Um, just almost came up short on, on their campaign just at the end of last year, so they're starting now to raise their funds. 15% uh, of sales go to the United Way at the Refined Fool on London Road coming up on March the 4th. That's next Wednesday uh, from 3 till midnight. And kudos to Refined Fool. They do very well at supporting a lot of these. They have a lot of these uh, takeovers, they call them, down at Refined Fool. It's giving 15% of sales. That's pretty generous. So uh, thanks to Refined Fool for that. And United Way can use your support. Go out and have some pints and some food and some fun. There'll be some other activities going on there as well. And uh, great food. Burger Rebellion. Oh, yeah, got to have that. All right. Well, getting into April now, April the 22nd, Sarnia Sings, Volume 4. Yes, this is the fourth year for it, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it again. I'll be the MC and host for the evening and some great talent. Uh, we finally, we had auditions this year. There was the first year that Adam Dumont and the committee decided, let's have some auditions for singers. And wow, it was tough for people to decide who was going to get to perform. But the performers have been announced. And if you want to see who they are, I'm not going to list them all here. It'd take too much time. There's about 17 in all performers. You can go to the Sarnia Sings uh, Facebook page and you'll see all the performers there. One of them in particular, I will mention though, Tony O'Hora, who is one of the, uh, not one of the original members, but one of the members from the band Sweet. Remember Sweet? You know, Fox on the Run and Ballroom Blitz? Yeah, that's one of the guys, and he's going to be there. Uh, Jeff Peters is going to be singing in there, Kyla Higgins, and uh, Dan Tidball. I don't have them all in front of me, so I'm forgetting a bunch. But go over to Serenity Sings, check that out. Imperial Theater, once again, April the 22nd. It's a Wednesday, so don't tell me you're busy with other stuff. It's a Wednesday. Get your tickets for $30 and supporting mental health and suicide awareness initiatives here in Sarnia. I want to say special thank you to Fabian Gu and Francophilia from the Cooperators for uh, being gold sponsors of that this year. Lots of sponsors to thank. And we'll be talking more about that. We'll probably have Adam Dumont or maybe some of the performers here on the show. Sarnia Sings, April the 22nd. Go get your tickets. Do it now. All right. The Walk for Alzheimer's, the um, IG Wealth Management Walk for Alzheimer's is happening again this year. This year it's on Sunday, May the 31st, and they are now 
registration is open. You can go to, uh, all, just go to Alzheimer's Sarnia Lampton, Google it, and you go to their website. There's got their Facebook page and all the information is there. Um, last year, so uh, my father has uh, Alzheimer's dementia, and uh, my family started a team last year, and I think we raised, we were in the top three or four or something like that, but we raised uh, just close to $3,000. So that was pretty awesome. So looking to do that again. So forewarning, I will be if you're watching or you're a friend on Facebook, I will be reaching out to you for a donation. Um, but uh, so it's obviously important to my family and many others who suffer from Alzheimer's and dementia, and not just those that suffer from it. It's those that are the caregivers. Um, you know, my father's wife is is still around and able to take care of him, and uh, she has for some time now. And um, but the caregivers need relief as well. Um, pretty stressful times. Not a pleasant thing to go through. So uh, myself and my family and many others, very grateful for the Alzheimer's Society, not just in Sarnia Lampton, but all over. But you can support it by, um, well, I'll be sending you the links. You can please donate and uh, help us. We want to be number one. I got some challenges going out there. Uh, we came up just a little bit short of being first place. But at the end of the day, we just want to raise a bunch of money. Uh, to support the Alzheimer's Society here in Sarnia Lampton. So if you're interested and you want to participate, go online, Google them. There you go. All right, let me get back. See, there we go. Okay. I'm doing the wrong thing now. Hide that. There we go. Boy, this self-production thing can be tricky. But if Dom can do it, I can do it. Right, Dom? Okay. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit now about um, um, the Federal Bridge Corporation. And, uh, well, I'm not sure which one I want to do first here. Let me just make sure. Yeah, we'll do the Federal Bridge Corporation first, I think. Uh, Todd Keeley from the Federal Bridge Corporation. Uh, he was here last year and talked to us about a connection program, Crossing the Bridge, and a special program. You can save some money with that. But now um, electric is finally becoming true to light that it's 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 available in fact even the the car show down in toronto recently it was a big focus on electric cars and of course environment and climate and all that stuff well they've installed some electric stations here in sarnia or point edward rather at the blue water bridge and uh, the other bridge uh, the thousand islands bridge and todd keely is here to talk to us about that he's from the federal bridge corporation take a look at this and then we'll be back Well, you know, there's a lot of services around us that uh, we maybe don't realize just the importance of them. And uh, we've talked about this before, the Federal Bridge Corporation. And I've got some new announcements uh, that we're going to talk about. But uh, joining us right now, all the way from Ottawa, from the Federal Bridge Corporation, Todd Keeley. Thanks for being here, Todd. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I've. It's good to have you back. I know we had you. You were here last year and you were talking about some things that we're going to review. But uh, just to give a bit of review, tell everybody who you are, what your, your title is. Sure. I'm the Director of Communications and uh, Marketing at uh, Federal Bridge Corporation. And we're the Canadian owner on behalf of the Crown of the Blue Water Bridge, the Sault Ste. Marie International Bridge, the Seaway International Bridge in Cornwall, and the Thousand Islands Bridge in Thousand Islands, Ontario. Yeah. And, well, uh, and we operate ahead. the Canadian half of the Blue Water Bridge. Right. Good point. The Canadian half. Interesting. Um, 
so there's a lot of moving parts with the Federal Bridge Corporation. I'm sure uh, a lot of th- a lot of things uh, that get handled. And I think you know, like living here in Sarnia, um, to be able to cross that bridge, uh, we really take advantage of it or take it for granted, I guess. It was, oh, just topping the bridge, payer thing, and away we go. And uh, must be making millions of dollars. Well, it's <laughs> it's paying for itself, really, but, you know, rust yeah. doesn't stop uh, rusting, and uh, the, the road wear doesn't stop wearing down with every, every crossing. So it is a constant, constant battle against the elements to make sure that those places are still fully functional and, and capable of uh, being safe crossings for everybody. Yeah, and of course I said that sarcastically because I, I know that there's there's a lot going on there. Um, and after talking to you uh, from the last time, I, I even had a, a larger appreciation uh, for that, I guess, accessibility that we have here. Um, let's go go back to that crossing. Uh, we talk about you know paying the tolls and everything. Um, there's a system that you recently uh, launched that uh, kind of makes things a little simpler. Yeah, we introduced the. Uh, I, I, just happen to have one of them here. <laughs> system called Connection that allows people to prepay their tolls. And uh, it's basically uh, an online account that people can access, put some, uh, deposit some funds into their account. And then with this little sticky they put in their windshield, it allows them to come up to the toll booth. The gate will magically open and let them through because the uh, account is automatically debited and, and they're on their way. And honestly, it's been the response from the community has been stunning. Uh, at this stage, something like 20% of our travelers are using their connection tags. Uh, there's a, a lane that's dedicated uh, pretty much all the time for these users, and, and there's very rarely a lineup. So the, the people that use it really appreciate it. They can zip through, and uh, they're on yeah. their way. It's, it's fabulous. It's kind of like the tag, David. Um, I do actually. Uh, well, go. my wife has it. My wife yeah. has it because she does most of the, the the crossing over the border there. But uh, yeah, and I uh, it took me a while even after we talked to go. Oh, I got to do that thing right. And then now the thing is, of course, she expects me to keep it that full for her. But you know, <laughs> so it was my credit card. But whatever. Um, I think the neat thing about that it's kind of like the nexus for toll booths, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, and you you're can, a known entity, and you're you're on your way. Yeah. Now, if I had to say, uh, say I lived in Toronto, uh, but my my son or daughter was going to Lambton College here in Sarnia, can I purchase that for somebody? Absolutely. It does. Like the the tag itself is is not associated with any specific vehicle. Obviously, once you stick it to a windshield, it's it's on that car forever. Right. But uh, yeah, the, the person owning the the account, paying the bills, and the person driving the vehicle don't necessarily need to be the same people. I could see where that would uh, be handy for some people. And we have customers. It's kind of surprising. We've got customers who bought connection tags living in Illinois, uh, living in, in, in like Quebec City, uh, oh. in, in New York State, uh, like, and we're talking like Eastern New York. Uh, yeah. It's really, really impressive who's bought tags. Connecticut, uh, Kentucky, all over the place. And why would why would they be buying the tags? I I would guess that they probably have like a vacation home or or oh, something okay. like that, and 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 they travel. I don't know, maybe every like I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I keep tabs on everybody individually, but they're probably going to their cottages on the weekends or yeah, okay, in the summer months, something like that, or snowbirds going down south every year. Oh yeah, okay, right. so that nature. Well, let's uh, speaking of keeping tabs on everybody, of course, uh, when there's a new technology that's introduced to the public, 
Uh, I think especially these days, the first thing that comes up is privacy and security issues. Is that uh, something I'm assuming that's been yeah. a part of this project? Yeah, we keep we keep very um, the people's privacy is very important to us. We actually don't keep uh, people's information. We obviously on our side we keep their addresses and phone numbers and emails and that kind of stuff. Sure. But the the banking information, like the credit card information, is all protected by. Uh, the the company that manages the, uh, the the financial transactions. So we don't even have access to that information. So we keep our information uh, secure be behind firewalls, and we protect our customers by not even keeping data that we don't need to keep on our servers. Well, that's good to know because, as I, I said, I think that's a well. I was just listening to CBC earlier today about another you know how people handle uh, personal information, and it's. Uh, it's 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 just at the forefront of people's minds. So yeah. that's good to know that yeah. that's been looked after, and great to see uh, the success of that then as well. Because I know, mm -hmm. like I say, we saw you at the tall ships here last year. Yeah. Um, I we see you uh, in the advertisement at the Sarnia Sting Games here. Um, so it's it's nice to see the Federal yeah. Bridge Corporation participating in those communities. Yeah, private sponsors of everything going on in the uh, in the Sarnia area. Um, if there's anything we'd like to do is, is encourage people who are, like, I call them weekend warriors, people who go to the States on the weekends to, to use it because our lowest uh, usage rates are on the weekends and our highest volumes are on the weekends. So you really want to cut down your wait times, get yourself a connection tag. Even if you're only crossing once a month, you're saving yourself some money and you're saving a lot of time. I was going to say there's, there's a discount attached to this too, yeah. right? People pay uh, 50 cents less per vehicle every time they cross. That's one of the things that my wife yeah. loves about it. Yeah. <laughs> she counts up how much we save over a year, not just in one trip, right? Exactly. So that's good. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, there's a new program. I know uh, one of the reasons we're talking here today, you sent me an email um, regarding electric charging stations that have been yeah. installed uh, here at the Blue Water Bridge and uh, at, at the Thousand Islands location, right? Right. Yeah, we've... we've taken a big step in terms of trying to understand who our customers are and, and what their needs are. Uh, and we started looking at what we could do initially was for, for trucks, you know, how, how could we do oh, yeah. things for trucks? So we started thinking, well, we laid down some infrastructure to support electric trucks and, and they're not really very present in the market right now, no. but we've got infrastructure in place that once they become more visible, we'll, we'll be able to help them you know, keep keep themselves moving. But in the meantime, what we've done is we've set up some electric vehicle chargers that are focused on car drivers because there are a fair amount of those cars out there already. Right. Uh, we put in uh, two as a pilot program, one at Thousand Islands, as you said, and one at, at, at Blue Water near the duty-free store. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> and You're a wanted man. <laughs> I'm a wanted man. Uh, of course, my phone never rings except when I'm on the phone with somebody else. Right? <laughs> Um, yeah, we put the we put the charger near the uh, the duty free store so that when people are charging their cars, they have something to do with the twenty minutes that they're going to spend more or less. Uh, oh yeah, the batteries, and um, you know the actual unit has been in place since uh, the late fall, but we had an issue with uh, some water damage, so we had to wait for replacement parts to come in, and and that's all. Well done. The machine's been certified by the electrical authorities, and it's now available for everybody to take advantage of it. So, uh, I mean, that's great. I mean, we see a lot of that here in Sarnia. We see more charging stations showing up. 
uh, our local college. I see them at, you know, like Tepperman's has got them here, like stores and parking lots are, are record. So it's obviously something that's needed, but why, why the bridge? Like why, why did, can't it just be like, I'm crossing into Port Huron? Yeah. We felt that there was maybe a certain anxiety with people like the issue that they face is mainly with range. Right. So we're worried that if someone is, is, afraid to cross because they're afraid of, let's say, of a lineup that unexpectedly and getting stuck in traffic or something like that. We figured we know we're not a destination, number one, uh, but we need to reassure people or give them at least that that anxiety removal so that they can feel uh, unafraid to cross. Uh, the other side of it is, again, because we know we're not a destination, we put in a machine that's 25 kilowatts. So it's a what I'd call a medium high capacity unit right. so that uh, you don't have to spend a lot of time charging, right? You, you, you pull up in 15, 20 minutes, your car's ready to go again. Uh, whereas, you know, let's say a home charger, you're, you're charging overnight six, eight hours, right? So with a, with a, a high capacity unit, you're not wasting a lot of your time while it's charging and you're back on the road as quickly as possible and all your worries are taken care of. Makes, makes good sense. Um, let's talk about money for a minute though. I mean, right now this is a pilot project. You've got mm -hmm. two stations there. Um, really, really nice, uh, for you to pay for the electrical bill. <laughs> um, but, but when we start expanding and you know, the, the, the Toronto, the auto show is on in Toronto right now. And one of their big focuses is these, like, it's finally time that these things are coming, uh, yeah. to the public. Um, now when we start getting into a whole bunch of people having, and oh, I'm yeah. gonna go over there and plug in because it's free. Is there? Do we? Well, there is a small. There's gonna be a, a. Oh, there is a fee. Okay. There is a small fee. So the 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 system is is part of a network that's run by a company called Charge Lab, and so people in the electric vehicle world they they subscribe to these networks and they have you know GPS maps on their phones that show them where the the chargers are. Oh, okay. And so they they pull up to the unit and and with the app they basically turn the unit on and and start charging their cars. And you can also buy uh at the duty free store you can buy a uh like a credit card for that network. And so you can you can buy one of those like a $25 prepaid card and and right, use right. that every time you charge up. It's the new gas station, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the paradigm is different though because you know like I'm pretty sure you're like me you you gas up when your tank is maybe showing an eighth a quarter. No, I get to a quarter, but I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, I, I tend to go to vapors, but that's just me <laughs> nuts. But uh electric vehicle people they're more uh top up driven. So what they do is they try to find locations where they can plug in while they do other things. So right. they're constantly topping up, uh, not necessarily filling it, but just keeping uh, as high a charge as they can so they can keep moving. And uh, and their cars I will tell them how far they can go before they, they need another one. So uh, I do the same thing with my phone, right? Like I, I'm, I'm constantly looking at, you know, how much do I have left? And um, okay, so when I'm teaching class, I can be plugging that in because right. yeah. I don't need it. And and I'd very, I guess you'd be very conscious about it. Uh, my son has an e-bike, for example. He knows exactly yeah. to the kilometer how far he can go yeah. before he needs to. And he's, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. So yeah. it, it is a different mindset. Yeah, and it's exactly the same as the phone though. But the, uh, the one difference is with a, with a vehicle, the weather affects it. So if you've got a really yeah. cold 
day, you're got a shorter range, right? So again, having the comfort. Oh, right. I suppose I turn the heat on. Yeah. And charge. It's good. It's good for them. Yeah. yeah. So how long have, have these been in place now? Well, the one, they've both physically been in place, I think, <laughs> trying to remember clearly, early October, I think it was, when they were both physically installed. Okay. Uh, but as of this Monday, so the the 17th, uh, as of the 17th, the unit at Blue Water has been live. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, there's more than one bridge around. So how? what was the process in deciding that uh, uh, Blue Water Bridge and, and uh, Thousand Islands got this? So really all I did was I, I took a map and I Googled uh, electric charging <laughs> stations. Oh. And I, I found where they were, like the nearest ones. And so I looked around and Blue Water, I think there's one in the US, not too far away, but it's okay. not exactly on, on the path of the highway, uh, number one. And number two, Blue Water has a really high level of traffic. And right. for Thousand Islands, uh, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, um, electric station wise. So so it, it, the whole neighborhood sort of called out for support of that service. Uh, and if you look at Sault Ste. Marie or you look at Seaway at Cornwall, within like, say two kilometers of each bridge, there were alternates for people. So I figured let's start with the ones where, where there could actually be a community benefit for it. And, and we'll see what the interest levels are and then we'll expand from there. And as I said earlier, our plan for Blue Water is, is really also for, for trucks. So it's yeah. a chicken and egg scenario. As, as we get more <laughs> electric trucks out there, the need for this will be even greater and um, and and then we'll be able to get to that stage. And, and the other side of that is, as we get more and more trucks with capabilities for it, the cost for those super high capacity units will hopefully come down because they're really expensive uh, pieces of hardware. And um, yeah, that's the, so. The bigger plan is is to cover all bridges in both directions, and where possible, put in commercial chargers too for for the big vehicles. Yeah. Baby steps. Well, well, yeah. Well, like you say, pilot project, you got to start somewhere, and there, there's going to be bumps along the way. You got to figure things out. And um, are there security issues going back to that topic? Are there any security issues with this type of thing as well? Um, not really. The, 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 there's physical security that's always a, a concern that nobody, no, no vandalism happens to it. But right. they're, they're in sections of the crossing that are fully covered by. Uh, cameras and they're in the secure zone, if you will, of the crossings or behind the fences. Right. So we don't expect anybody to just sort of come up to them and goof off. And on the data security side, again, you have uh, the people who use them sign up for for membership in this uh, in this network of of uh, providers. So so they're all they're all kind of vetted from that perspective. That's already been handled. Their security, their privacy is protected by the app and and things that go with it. Well, I think it's really uh, interesting times, you know, with the technology uh, ever progressing and how we're finally getting to this electrical state. We know the car, we know the technology has been around. I mean, yeah. we've had the smart car for quite some time, but um, I wouldn't want to be in a small one like that myself, <laughs> but uh, uh, I wouldn't want to run over a, a bicycle with that or something. But anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's good to see. And it's nice to see the Federal Bridge Corporation, obviously, recognizing the growing need. I mean, especially the, the trucks is always a big issue. 
here. I mean, we have our second bridge, which has been there for quite a few years. I think it's got to be almost 20 years, I think, that it's been there. I think it was in 92 that the second span was built. Something yeah. Like so, I mean, it's like, how did that happen? Um, can we get how a third far? one in there? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're getting to the stage where we're going to start doing some surface work because we want to protect yeah. the asphalt, right? So that's coming on the horizon, but uh, a few years yeah. away. And they just uh, just completed a, um, I, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, emer emergency. Oh, yeah, the emergency return road. Return road, yeah. So that, that's between the duty-free store and the bridges. So it allows vehicles, let's say, that were refused entry into Canada. They, they can just circle through the parking lot and then get back on the bridge and go back to the U.S. Right. Or the other way around is, is if someone wanted to... Um, so say make a delivery to the duty free store. They could uh, they could use that as a means of uh, of getting in or getting out of the plaza without crossing the bridge. Right, right. Instead of putting it in reverse and say yeah. get out of here, yeah, blocking <laughs> everybody and uh, yeah, yeah, and and causing more issues. Yeah. Well, Todd, thank you so much for your time here today. It's uh, nice to reconnect with you again. If uh, if people want to find out more about you, what's what's the best or what the Federal Bridge Corporation is doing? What should they do? Um, probably the best thing is look at our news items on the federalbridge.ca uh, website. And in there, you get uh, contact information for the connection program. You get contact information for me. Um, so they can just feel free to reach out and uh, give us a phone call or an email. Fantastic. Todd, thank you once again. All the way from Ottawa, ladies and gentlemen, the Federal Bridge Corporation. Again, go to the, their website, which we're showing up on the screen right now. We're going to go back into the studio and talk to you some more. Thanks, Todd. Thank you, David. All right. Well, once again, Todd Keeley uh, from the Federal Bridge Corporation and uh, joining us from Ottawa there. Um, that was, of course, an interview earlier this week. Uh, but some great things happening here at Blue Water Bridge and uh, the Thousand Islands Bridge, of course, as well. Uh, there's a lot of really neat information. Go to the federalbridge.ca and uh, find out all the different projects that are happening and what they're doing to keep things going here with our bridge and uh, some really interesting stuff. And the connection program, as we mentioned there as well, if you are crossing the border, you save 50 cents every time you cross, put a little thing sticks in your window and you just pull up. And it's like, like I said, it's like the nexus for toll booths and uh, you're supporting their programs as well. So uh, thanks again, Todd Keeley. Uh, we'll have him back uh, regularly. I'm sure we'll see him again probably another couple of months. He's always got some things to share with us. So thanks again, Todd. Uh, all the best. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. All right. Well, uh, a little more closer to home now. We've got some great people in this community, of course. That's one of the things we like to showcase here. And Troy Shantz, in my opinion, is one of those people. And he's recently up for a, he's been nominated for a, an award. Um, he's a journalist at the uh, Sarnia Journal, and it's the OCNA or the Ontario Community Newspaper Awards. Uh, the Sarnia Journal has actually been nominated for five awards in total. And I uh, was able to have uh, Troy uh, over here at my home and talk to him. And we're going to talk about his career and his nomination for this award. Let's go to the community, take a look at Troy Chance. Uh, 
Uh, getting out of the community because uh, there's so much greatness going on in this community and like to recognize that. And one of the things we want to recognize is local journalist Troy Chance. Thanks for being here, Troy. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Congratulations. We've got you here today to talk to you about an award uh, that you've been nominated for mm. with the Ontario Community Newspaper Awards. There's a mouthful to say. Uh, congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, and notably as well, the Sarnia Journal, uh, overall receiving five uh, award nominations yes. in this, right? Our highest amount uh, since the paper has been around. It started in 2014. So Yeah, you've got to feel pretty good about that. Absolutely. You know what it says to... It, it, I mean, it's nice to be recognized uh, provincially um, among our, our peers of, of newspapers and, and reporters. I, I feel like it sends a really good message to the community too, that people outside of Sarnia uh, recognize that we're doing a good job here covering... Uh, Covering news. Yeah, absolutely. And a uh, special mention to our friend uh, Kathy Dobson, who's mm -hmm. uh, nominated for two of the awards. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations to you, Kathy. Um, and, you know, the, the Sarnia Journal, uh, going back to where it first began, you know, as like any business, I guess, ran into obstacles along the way. And I think one of the first things that I remember going on newspaper, like, why would we do that? Everything's going on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, but the Sarnia Journal has been able to prove a lot of people wrong. Well, you know what? The. the, the I can't speak to the success of the, the journal. I'm, I'm one of the, the front lines guys, but the, the minds behind it, uh, the owners, they're all media veterans. They're all from this area. Yeah. They all are very deeply passionate about this area. They care about Sarnia. They care about doing a good job. And whether that's reporting on the news or, or distributing the paper properly or, or giving our advertisers a really good service as well, that everyone really cares about the city in general. Yeah, brought it together well, obviously showing with these five nominations. Sure. Let's talk about you some more, though, Troy. Um, I reached out to you because we, we've established a, a relationship, mm -hmm. a friendship. And um, uh, what, what was the first thing that got you involved in journalism? What was that attraction? Um, I've always been in media. That's what I've done for my, my entire professional career. I went to Conestoga College for broadcasting. I graduated in 2005. Almost immediately after graduating, though, I, I went into marketing and advertising. It wasn't until 2014 that I, I decided that there was, there was, I guess, too much going on around me that I wanted to, I guess, inform people about, right? It wasn't so much about telling the stories of businesses or organizations. I wanted to tell you know, regular stories about regular people in, in my city. So that's what drove me to it. And it was a matter of knocking on doors. It was a matter of, of getting connected with the right people. Turns out uh, the editor, George Matheson at uh, at the journal, was, was very open to, to, I guess, taking me under his wing early on. And uh, that's uh, that's how I got to, to where I am now and where... I here guess. we are. And here we are, yeah. So let's talk about your uh, the reason you've been nominated for your series about mm -hmm. uh, metal thieves. Um, there's an interesting title. Well, it's an interesting uh, issue, and it's not really an issue that um, I knew about before I started reporting on it. Um, so there, there, it turns out there's quite a lucrative market for uh, different types of metal, um, yeah. and we're talking about scrap metal. We're talking about metal that's... Uh, you know, from construction sites, from industrial sites, and uh, even pulled out of buildings, which are finished buildings, or maybe they've been abandoned, but they're, they're still a target for, for metal thieves who, what they'll do is they will gather up this, uh, this metal and they'll take it to metal recyclers. Um, we're not sure which metal recyclers. We don't know if there's different well, steps in the process. That's, yeah. I mean, the police are on, on top of it, and that's part of my reporting is showing what the police, is, police are doing. The issue is it's a, it's an incredibly difficult uh, crime to, 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 I guess, 
to enforce. Um, you have to catch someone in the act. How do you? How do you? Someone's going down the street with a bag full of pipes and and copper. You can stop them and say, "Where did you get that?" Um, I mean, unless you saw where they got it, doesn't matter. There's no serial numbers on a lot of metal. Right. That's the challenge. Right? Yeah. And it, well, it's interesting to me. It just we'll go back a minute. You made the comment of, you know, uh, what scrap metalists are they selling it to? I mean. Like, I know if I go to a pawn shop mm -hmm. uh, I, and I want to pawn something mm -hmm. or sell something, there's a form to fill right. out, where did it come from and all of that. Is, is that not something that happens in this scenario? And, and Absolutely. And that's where a lot of counsel and a lot of uh, police's, uh, I guess, attention has been, is finding out, well, where are they selling it? Um, many metal recyclers in town here follow the rules. Um, I've spoken to them directly. I've interviewed them for stories. Um, and I'm sure the police are on them much more than I am. But yeah, there actually are bylaws now you have to okay. follow. You have to retain people's information. You have to take their address and their numbers. Um, you, I, I, I understand. Uh, I think there's also a license that metal uh, recyclers have to get. I don't know if that came in or if that was just okay. um, an idea that was mused. I'd have to find, I'd have to look into that. But sure. the, the thing to, to uh, I guess, realize is it's, it's not as simple as pulling up to one of our metal recyclers down you know, down a plank road or yeah, something, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, we don't know if this metal is going out of town. Maybe it's going to, you know, another site in, in Chatham or London, you know, all very close uh, to, to get to and a lot less questions. It's very well organized, you know, um, thinking of a few stories over the past year that I've seen, um, even down at uh, the marina, you know, when all that metal was uh, taken, Absolutely, the, the yeah. wire, copper wire was taken. There was a plan there. There was like all these tools that were designed yeah. for, and yeah. they and it was it was well thought out. Yeah. And then, um, it's big business, you know. And it's it's big business, I guess. But at the same time, some of it's local, I think, too, because is this money? What's this money that they're getting being used for? Right. Is this going into purchasing drugs, uh, or is this just this is how I make my living? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, the, I mean, the, the individuals that, that participate in this, I, I mean, you can't say it's all, all drug-related. People may be trying to feed their kids. I don't know personally. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm sure a lot of it is drug-related. Yeah. I, I, it's just a, the nature of, of uh, the opiate e epidemic here in, in Sarnia and all over southern Ontario, really, all over North America, to be honest. But the... What what's happening is is folks are, are are driven to the brink through through whatever the situation is a lack of opportunities a lack of social supports or what and the only option is uh, is is seeking out metal. Right. How does this affect uh, our community? Uh, you know, I read a little bit about you uh, in, in this series, uh, social impact and political impact you even talk about. How, mm. is that, how is this affecting us politically? You know, it's driving a divide uh, within the community, and we can talk about the political side of it, but, you know, it's, it's, it, a lot of folks that are impacted by this are, are downtown residents. Um, my my mother-in-law, her house was broken into the night she, she got the keys to it, and they ripped wires and everything out wow. of her house. And we're talking, you know, steps away from Mitten Village, where I live as well. I live very close to Mitten Village. So, I mean, we see this this problem and, and you, you definitely see suspicious activity daily, um, which, you know, the police are watching, neighbors are watching, and, and you know, you get, you get neighbors that are, um, you know, have a little bit of suspicion about people that they don't recognize or, 
you know, people are carrying a hockey bag around at 11 p.m. Well, it, it looks suspicious, right? So you're driving a divide between neighbors. You're driving a divide among among neighborhoods, you know, um, which is an unfortunate uh, impact to it. But it's 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 affecting the people that are getting robbed, right? Right. Well, I mean, and, and it's not even the city, the the people that are getting robbed. I mean, the one of the bigger stories in the series that I, I reported on was them just nightly gutting the uh, Sarnia General Hospital. Yeah. In fact, one one <laughs> report that was was part of the the submission was they had figured out a um, the thieves had figured out a sort of a, a a zip line thing. So they would be gathering up copper and metal and. Sending it right out the window for somebody to collect down Pick at the ground. Pick up in the van and take her away. Yeah. Wow. Well, you don't. If you want to get rid of something, I mean, you know, here where we are, about South End, right? And um, I can put something out on the road, and it's gone very quickly. Absolutely. Same and thing. And I've, I've actually figured it out. If I do it when it's dark, if I put it out around eight mm-hmm. o'clock mm-hmm. when it starts to get dark, it's if I put a stove out there mm-hmm. or something, very quickly gone. Right. I've had some lawn signs. They're gone right. because they're taking the metal. Like it's everything, right? right? You right. know. Um, where do you, where do you, where do you see happening next with all of this? Like, as far as is there a way to stop this? And I mean, obviously we don't know that answer, but if, what are the next steps that maybe our officials and our police need to take to try to minimize this? Uh, that, that that's a great <laughs> that's yeah, right? a great question, you know. <laughs> and I know it's uh, I, I I doubt there's a city councilor uh, that hasn't thought about this from from. One, one time or another to yeah. try to figure out what how can we get around this. Uh, Councillor Mike Stark was very vocal in, in bringing forward uh, the idea of licensing uh, metal recyclers similar to the, the pawn shops. Um, he, was, he was in the mix, he was asking the questions, he was talking to the, the, the right people. Um, I have no idea. Uh, it, it, and to, to be honest, it's not really my role to, to figure out the solution. Yeah. You know, that's that's the job of our governments. That's the job of our, of our police. And, and it, it's my job to report on, on the status of how it's going. Right. So, Well, um, you've certainly brought some insight to light on the topic, that's for sure. Hmm. So uh, congratulations Thank on you. that. What's next for Troy Chance? Same, same thing. Just going to keep keep rocking and rolling. There's still lots going on with the metal theft. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stories that that uh, that are kind of bubbling in the background, and and then uh, something will happen. I mean, I was, I've quite extensively been keeping an eye on, um, uh, I guess the former Saint Clair, uh, yeah, high school, and now Great Lakes. Um, so we had a we had a pretty uh, a pretty good story a few weeks ago. Um, was actually get to get some some point of view from right in the school from from uh, some some courageous students so um you know it's it's important that uh all the reporters myself kathy dobson everyone on the journal everybody at the radio station and the observer it's important that we all just kind of keep focused on on what's happening in in sarnia and and reporting and and you know keeping keeping the powers that be accountable Give it an honest view, right? Give it an honest view, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, congratulations once again on your nomination. Thank you very Detroit. much. I know uh, April 3rd is the day, right? right? I believe yeah. that we're going to find out uh, when you win. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, well, I think it's just great you've been able to put yourself in this position. And the Sarnia Journal as well, congratulations to all of you uh, for your hard work and efforts. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing some more of Troy Chance in the area. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter there as well. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. That's so. right. <laughs> All right, thanks again to Troy for joining us, and thanks to you for joining us. We're going to go back into the studio now and wrap things up.
Troy Shantz, uh, great to have you here in my home and talking with you, Troy. And congratulations to Troy and Kathy Dobson and the Sarnia Journal for being nominated at the Ontario Community Newspaper Awards. It is a mouthful to say, but we wish them all the best. Of uh, And you know what? I, I, I got to say, I do remember, and I said it there in the interview, I remember when the Sarnia Journal started, there was a newspaper, and I was really like, oh, come on. That's just – so you know what? I'm, I'm glad, uh, for lack of better puns, you made me eat my words. There you go. Uh, Troy, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I've gotten to know Troy over the past few years. We really have established a nice relationship and um, we have a lot of respect for each other and uh, what we're each doing. And uh, it was nice to be able to sit down and connect with them. One of my favorite things about sitting down and connecting with people is not just the camera interview, it's the after interview. Uh, Troy stuck around for another good half an hour-ish minutes and we had some great conversation. And I really appreciate that, Troy. So thanks again to Troy and congratulations again to you and Kathy and the Surrey Journal on your nominations. April 3rd, will be the day that they find out whether they win those awards. Thanks again, Troy. We'll look forward to next time. All right. Well, and thanks to all of you. I'll come back. Oh, there's uh, Catherine. I don't know if you're still there, but uh, she said hello. Hello back to you, Catherine. And uh, yes, Dom, I'm working on the prologue, I promise. And thanks to all of you who came by here today and uh, spent time with us and listened to the greatness that's happening here in our community. I'm really happy and proud to be able to bring it to you here every week on the show. And I couldn't do it without some great support from the community as well. I just want to say thank you to our friends, AG Event Graphics at askguy.ca, banners, flags, they do car wraps, truck wraps, you name it, they do it. Get a hold of them online and check out their online video, uh, their online store. And uh, if you do get something from them, make sure you say, hey, I saw that on the show with David Burroughs. Yeah, Joe's Discount Tire. Well, they weren't selling a lot of snow tires, at least not this year, but uh, they are the tire experts, and they're located here in Sarnia and a huge supporter of what we do around here and at our Sarnia Sting Game. So thank you to Joe's Discount Tire. Of course, our friends and family, I should say, down at Oswald's Diner, not just another diner. They're on Plank Road, delicious home cook food in their restaurant uh, art and karen and everybody down there thank you for your support here and to christine Feezy. she is active ears hearing centers not just in sarnia but all over uh active ears where better hearing begins with you thank you so much for your support here as well and our friends at the united way who will be back joining us very soon uh with another update a monthly update thank you to them and dave brown um, for what they do in our communities and how they give back to our communities. And, of course, if you don't want to look at me, and I understand maybe why, okay, ha-ha, you can take me on your, your iPhone watch or your iPhone, or you put me in the car, take me to work with you, wherever you're going. Uh, this podcast or this video cast will be turned into an audio podcast within 24 hours, and you can listen to me on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are, including, yes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else there's a podcast. If it's a podcast, I'm on there, all right? So you can check that out as well. And thanks to all of you for coming here and joining me. That's all the time I got for you this week. Have a great week and an even better weekend. I will see you next time right here on the show. Bye for now. 